Before we start the program, I want to introduce you to an event that's coming up this August. The Loma Linda Institute of Worship is offering a worship leadership certificate to help leaders and pastors take their congregation's worship experience to the next level. This August 9-12 through 12 event will include presenters Randy Roberts, Adriana Pereira, Nicholas Zork, Wayne Buckner, Richard Hickam, and more, and provide the opportunity to perform on stage with Steve Green and the Heritage Singers. Come sing, pray, write new music, share testimonies and resources, and grow together with like-minded worship leaders from across the world. Go to LLIW.net to register. One evening about 2,000 years ago, Jesus gathered his disciples to himself in an upper room, and they set about the task of observing that most important of all Jewish festivals, the Passover. I want to read to you from Matthew's Gospel some of the words that describe what happened that evening. As we read these words, I'd like you to pay especially close attention to the promise contained in the words of Jesus. So I read from Matthew chapter 26, starting with verse 26. While they were eating, Jesus took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat, this is my body. Then he took the cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink of this fruit of the vine from now on until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until that day. Until that day. Until that day. You hear the promise in his words. In other words, what he is saying is that this is a foretaste, a prelude, a down payment on that which is to come. One day, if it's up to me and my prayers, not too long from now. But the truth is, we don't know how long. One day, Jesus will once again gather his disciples to himself, gather them once more around a table. It will be time for the wedding supper. I want to read to you the words of John the Revelator as he describes what happens at that moment in time. They're found in Revelation chapter 19, beginning with verse 6. He writes, Then I heard what sounded like a great multitude, like the roar of rushing waters and like loud peals of thunder, shouting, Hallelujah, for our Lord God Almighty reigns. Let us rejoice and be glad and give him glory. For the wedding of the Lamb has come and his bride has made herself ready. Fine linen, bright and clean, was given her to wear. Fine linen stands for the righteous acts of God's people. Then the angel said to me, Write, Blessed are those who are invited to the wedding supper of the Lamb. And he added, These are the true words of God. The wedding supper of the Lamb has come. 
The bride has made herself ready. The promise fulfilled. In other words, what we do here today is a rehearsal dinner. The rehearsal dinner for the wedding supper of the Lamb to come. In fact, by participating here today, we send our RSVP. Well, welcome to the rehearsal dinner. Glad you've made it. We have a big event up ahead, and we need to get ready for what's coming. So I'm glad all of you have come because we've got to make sure we're on the same page, and we've got to make sure that we're ready for the wedding supper that is to come. Now, I'm not used to these kind of things. I'm used to standing up there when it comes to weddings, not directing the rehearsal. So I'm not sure how good I am at this kind of thing, but we'll give it a try. I know that one of the things we want to know is, is, is where does someone stand and what does this person do and what's that person's job. Those are the kind of things we want to know at a wedding rehearsal, which means I could be in trouble because I don't know much about all of those different pieces. But I do know that I've got to get you at this rehearsal dinner ready for some of what is to come. So, so let me see if we can work through two or three things that might be of true importance in getting ready for the wedding supper that's coming. Maybe the first thing I ought to say is this. I have it on good authority. I have found out that what's up ahead, what the wedding supper is going to be, is going to be magnificent. The venue is going to be stunning. So when you get there, just be ready to do a lot of ooing and eyeing when you walk in. Because what you'll find is that there will be large, long tables heaped with the finest delicacies you can imagine. There will be heaps of fresh fruit, just freshly picked. All they're waiting for you to eat. The dishes, the dishes that will have been prepared are enough to satisfy the most refined palate. There will be breads of every kind on the table. And the desserts, have mercy. The desserts are going to be there in abundance, and you'll be able to eat as much as you want. I think, I think, I understand that all of the food, including the desserts, no calories. You can just keep eating. It's going to be an unbelievable occasion. Now, what's interesting to me as a father What's interesting to me is who is preparing all of this. Because all the sumptuous delicacies you will see spread out on the tables, all the food of which you will partake, all of it will have been prepared by the father of the groom. That's right. The father of the groom will be the one who will have his supreme chef's hands on the food and on the menus. All of his thinking will go into the preparation. So be ready. You'll be wowed. But that's not the greatest thing. 
There's going to be a moment, I understand. And this is the one a lot of people are looking forward to. There's going to be a moment when the bridegroom is going to come out and is going to share with all of the guests there the love story. What has happened between he and his beloved. I understand it's going to be an amazing story. He's going to tell how he has loved this bride from before she ever was. Loved her from all the way back, well, who knows when. But it didn't always go well. This is one of those stories where where the bridegroom talks about trying to win the bride's attention and then affection and then love and then loyalty. But it didn't go well because the bride, for many times, wanted nothing to do with that. Turned around, walked away, caused the bridegroom intense pain. But when you're there, when you're seated, just stay with the story. Because the outcome, well, the outcome is a wedding supper. So it ends well. But there is an especially powerful touch to what will happen. Because when you get there, be careful to look, you will find that at every place, every seat, every plate at the table is a name. Your name will be there. So find your name and sit down in that place because part of the telling of the love story between bride and groom will be that the groom will come to each of us and will tell us how we played in to this love story. Will share with us our part in it. I know what you're wondering. You're wondering, well, how long does that take? Well, hey, remember, no calories? Don't worry about time either. That's going to be irrelevant as well. So we'll come in, we'll all find our places, all find our seats, find our names, we'll sit down, and we will take in what the bridegroom has to say. Now, I can imagine, I can imagine as you think of that reality, you may get to wondering whether or not you're actually on the guest list. I mean, I know about these guest lists. I know more all the time <laughs> about guest lists. You know how it works. The, the, the prospective bride and prospective groom get together, and they start making their list and checking it twice, trying to figure out who goes on there and who doesn't. They're talking to their mother and their father, but, but, but we don't know them. They're your friends. We want our friends there. I know, but they're our friends. I know how this goes. You know how it goes. Well, the Smiths, uh, we, know, we don't know them that well. Should we invite them? Should we not? And what about the cost as you make that list? So I wouldn't be at all surprised if you sit there considering the sumptuous reality of this wedding supper. If you're not thinking, I don't think I'm going to make the cut. Don't think I'm going to be on that list. But let me tell you something. As someone who is helping to coordinate the preparations for this supper, I've looked at the list. I've gone over the list. And your name is on it. I saw your name there. Because everybody in this church was on the invite list. 
In fact, everybody in this town was on the invite. In fact, everybody in this county, in this state, in this country, on this planet, was on the invite list. I know that's hard to believe, but it's true. I know you're wondering, who's going to pay for all of this? I, I understand. In fact, that has some people worried. I've heard a bit of that around. People are a bit worried about whether or not they'll actually get in. I mean, I'm not sure I should be on it, and even if I am, I'm not sure I deserve it. I've heard those kinds of things. In fact, you may be one of those. You may be sitting there kind of asking yourself, what if, what if I get there and somebody challenges me whether or not I was actually invited? What do I do then? Well, let me give you, as a coordinator, let me give you some advice about what to do. When you get to the venue, and by the way, the venue is in a city, wow, spectacular, stunning scenery in the city. So while you're making your way to the actual venue, you're going to be caught up in looking at all that's around you. It's amazing. But when you actually get to the venue, if someone should come up to you and should say to you, what are you doing here? Were you invited? If that were to happen, here's what I want you to say. I want you to tell them, I received a personal handwritten invitation from the groom. He's a very good friend of mine. If you want to keep me out, you, you, you may want to deal with him. <laughs> They'll let you in. Don't worry. If they find out you're the groom's friend, the doors will open and you'll walk inside. You'll be welcomed to a big, a huge, in fact, it is the wedding of the ages. It is such an astounding event that it has its own name, the wedding supper of the Lamb. You're invited. Make no mistake about that. But there may still be some concerns. There may still be those of you who worry a bit about it about what's going to happen there, about whether or not you are going to be welcomed in, about whether or not you deserve the invitation. You must remember this. What has been prepared here has been prepared by the father of the groom. The groom himself has paid the price to make all of this possible for all of his friends, for his bride. That's what has happened. It's already. And so it's good that you've come to this rehearsal dinner because this rehearsal dinner is one way you can RSVP. Yes, I'm coming. I'm going to be there. That's one way in which you can do it. It will be an amazing event to have the opportunity to meet to hear from, and to talk with the groom. To understand the love that he shares and bears for the bride. To sit at a table with your name and hear the love story told. 
And the truth is simple. You just have to RSVP. He wants to hear from you, to know that you desire as much as he desires to be your friend, that you desire to be his. That's what he's yearning for. That's what he's longing for. From this rehearsal dinner, that you will respond and say, save my place. So I'm glad you've come. I can't tell you all of the details. I don't know all of the ins and out of what will happen. But I do know that you're invited. In fact, I'll tell you one of the ways I know. The manual, they've written a whole manual about this. I was reading through there, looking at the list, looking at what governed the invitations, and I came across this statement in there, trying to decide how they had decided who got on the list and who didn't. And here's what the statement said. The Spirit and the Bride say, come. Let those who hear about it say, come. Let those who want to be there Come. In fact, let anyone who so desires come and sit down for the wedding supper of the Lamb. Anyone. So I'm glad you came to the rehearsal dinner because that makes a very strong statement about exactly where you stand. Can't tell you all the ins and outs. But I know you'll be welcome. Welcome at the wedding supper of the Lamb. Oh, and oh, by the way, one other thing. One other thing. When we get there, when once we are all seated, when everybody's at the table, there will come a moment when the doors will open and the bridegroom will enter. When that moment comes, be ready. Because all together, we're going to stand up and we're going to shout together. We're going to say, Hallelujah. The Lord our God omnipotent reigns. Let us rejoice and be glad and give him the glory for the wedding supper of the Lamb has come. And the bride, has made herself ready. Amen. As Seventh-day Adventists, we believe that God throws open the gates of glory to anyone who would come for the wedding supper of the Lamb, any who would respond. Because of that, we practice an open communion. If you're a guest, Today, we welcome you to participate. We're going to exit the sanctuary and go to the rooms just behind me, just in front of you, where we will participate in the foot washing recorded in John 13. If you happen to be a member, keep your eyes open for guests and friends that may not have a partner with whom to participate. And then when we finish there, we will return to this sanctuary and we will take part
in the rehearsal dinner. 